Hey friend, welcome to the Good Gets Better podcast. I'm your host, Amber Vreeland, and today I'm going to be joined by Riley Clemens, and we're going to be talking about comparison, which is something that everyone faces on a continual basis. So let's get into it. But before we do, let's pray together. Dear Lord, thank you for another day. Lord, I pray that you would bless this day and that you would help us to see ourselves the way that you see us. Help us to focus on all the things that we have to be grateful for and remind us of all the things that you're doing in our life. Lord, all the blessings that you have given to us and all the ways that you've showed up before because you have never failed us and we've made it through all of our battles. And I just pray right now against the enemy who wants us to focus on the lack. He doesn't want us to see all the things that we have to be grateful for. So I just pray against that right now. Help us to remember our identity in you and help us to celebrate others' wins and successes without feeling less than. Because Lord, you have given us all unique gifts and talents and you've done so many cool things in our lives. So we should be excited when we see another person being blessed by you because that is another move of you, Lord, and we're not going to miss out on anything that you have in store for us. And we are so, so, so grateful for that. So just fill our mind with good things and help us to live a lifestyle that honors you. Lord, we are so excited for what you have in store for us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So a quick little story for you. Riley Clemens is such a sweet person, and the conversation was actually a really cool situation because her record label manager messaged me the day of and was like, hey, Riley Clemens has an opening for an interview in a few hours. Would you like it? And of course I said yes, because that's just incredible. But my conversation with Riley Clemens only ended up being about seven minutes long which is quite short compared to the ones that I had with others. And my mistake was that I didn't fully prepare myself for it. And I'm definitely bummed about that, but I was a nervous gal (laughs) because it was one of my first interviews. And in my mind, I was telling myself, it's a conversation with someone who's around the same age as me. And I have conversations with girls my age all the time. So I got this down pat. (laughs) And even though it's still an awesome conversation, in my mind, I am and have been continually comparing it to what it could have been if I had put more work into the preparation, like the questions that I wanted to ask her. But the point is, is that even though it was seven minutes, it's still a blessing that I had seven minutes with her, you know, because I could have had zero minutes with her and seven minutes is better than zero. But the truth about the enemy is that he wants you to focus on what you are lacking versus what you have gained all the time. So it doesn't matter if you're having a mundane day or the best day ever. He wants you to focus on all the things you didn't like or feel could have been improved within that day. But the enemy also does this concerning you. God is doing incredible things in your life and you are blessed. You have running water, heat, electricity, food on the table, and those are just the classic blessings. But he's also doing things that are unique to you. And even though God is blessing you abundantly 
The enemy is doing all that he can to get you to consider all that God hasn't done yet in your life and all that God is doing in others' lives and all the things that you could be doing better. And if the enemy can make you blind to all that God is currently doing, then he's already gained a victory in having you listen to his voice over God's voice. And that is something that the enemy needs in order to attempt to frustrate God's plans for your life. There's a story in Ezra that goes well with this. So a little backstory to this. So after the fall of Jerusalem, when King Nebuchadnezzar sieged the city and took all the Israelites as slaves and burned down the temple that Solomon had built, God appointed King Cyrus of Persia to bring the Israelites back to the city about 70 years later. And when he did, he was instructed by God to assign people to rebuild the temple. So in Ezra 3 verse 10 through 11, it says, When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes and took their places to blow their trumpets. And the Levites clashed their cymbals to praise the Lord. With praise and thanks, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. And I love this passage because you would think that they wouldn't be that excited about the building of the temple until the temple was finished. And I know that if I had just finished the foundation, like if I had been there at that time, I would probably be like, man, I've got so much work still cut out for me. I have to keep going. This isn't enough yet. But instead of having that mindset, they praised with a loud shout and rejoiced that progress had been made. So we need to stop letting the enemy get in our heads and blind us from the good work that the Lord is in the process of doing in our lives. And then in Ezra 4 verse 4, it says, Then the local residents tried to discourage and frighten the people of Judah to keep them from their work. They bribed agents to work against them and to frustrate their plans. This went on during the entire reign of King Cyrus of Persia and lasted until King Darius of Persia took the throne. The deal is, the rebuilding of the temple is not something that the enemy wanted. So he did everything he could to try to discourage them, frighten them, and frustrate their plans. And the enemy does the same thing in your life. The enemy can see when God is doing something good with you, and you can know that he is going to do whatever he can as long as he can to try to get in the way. And the only way that the enemy can interfere is by getting to you. He can't mess with God, but he can mess with you. He wants you discouraged, he wants you afraid, and he wants you distracted. And those things are especially prominent during these days because we live in a time where people are addicted to escapism through entertainment and social media. Recently, I've been reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And something he wrote that has really stood out to me is this. 
In 20 minutes of Candy Crush on our morning bus ride, we could pray for every single one of our friends and family members. In an hour of TV before bed, we could read through the entire Bible in six months. And in a day running errands and shopping for crap we really don't need, we could practice Sabbath, an entire seventh of our lives devoted to rest, worship, and the celebration of our journey through God's good world. And he also wrote, If the results you are getting are lousy, anxiety at a simmer, mild depression, high levels of stress, chronic emotional burnout, little to no sense of the presence of God, an inability to focus your mind on things that make for life, etc., then the odds are very good that something about the system that is your life is off kilter. The way you've organized your morning or evening routine, your schedule, your budget, your relationship to your phone, how you manage your resources of time, money, and attention, etc. Something is out of whack. It's often quoted that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But that's exactly what we do. So those were two excerpts from his book that have really stuck with me. And the point is, you never read about Jesus struggling with comparison. Actually, Jesus was very joyful and peaceful through uncertainty. He had an unanxious presence and he was very present. And I say was because I'm referring to his life on earth, but he is still very alive and has the same awesome character. And the reason why Jesus was this way is because Jesus was close to the Father. The closer that you are to God, and the more you live like Jesus lived, following his example and lifestyle, the more peace and joy you will have. Oftentimes, we live the same routine over and over again, even though we know something is wrong because we're lacking peace, joy, etc. But when we are being overcome by anxiety and can't seem to find rest, that's our sign that we need to make a change. We can't expect our situation to change if we don't change. And you can't always change what you're facing, but you can change your reaction. Matthew 8, verse 23 through 26 says, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake, with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. And that story is so good, because when Jesus faced storms, he napped, he slept, he was full of faith, but everyone else in the boat was panicking. They were doubting him, so then all of their peace was gone, even though they had all seen God save them before. And this exemplifies Jesus' character so much, and the importance of walking in his ways to the best of our ability. 
Because I don't know about you, but I would much rather be napping peacefully whenever I face a storm full of faith that God's got me and he's got my situation instead of my response being to doubt him, to be full of fear and panic. So no matter what it is that you're struggling with, I want you to take a second and self-reflect on what you can change in your day-to-day life to help get the peace that Jesus has. How can your lifestyle better reflect Jesus's? Because I can tell you something right now. Jesus's life was not trendy. So if you're following his lifestyle, then your lifestyle shouldn't look like everyone else's. And with that, I think it's time we get into my conversation with Riley Clements. So I have a special guest with me. It's Riley Clemens. How are you today? Good. How are you? So good. Oh my goodness. I love your energy. It's so You're amazing. So sweet. Thank you. I've had yeah. four cups of coffee today. Oh. I'm just kidding. I just had three. <laughs> just joking. I would be so jittery and shaky if I had four cups of coffee. Yep. I have yep. a latte gal. <laughs> I, I get it. Listen, I get it. I get it. We're doing it. This is great. So you have a new song that just came out, Love By You. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Man, this song is so special to me and so special to my heart. Um, The short version of the long story is in the beginning of 2022, Mm -hmm. just in a real place of creative burnout and at an all-time personal low. My mental health wasn't in a great place with all that said I felt a strong nudge from the Lord to take a step back and take Mm -hmm. some time off and recenter on who I am and where my value and where my worth comes from yeah and I I realized that so much of it was getting caught up in how loud people clapped you know and so I took that time away and and loved by you really tells the story of what I learned in that period of time and what was reaffirmed which is really just that identity is so movable unless it's rooted in being loved by a great God. Yeah. And that's where that song came from. That's so good. And I think like like finding your identity in Christ is like the firm foundation for the rest of your life. And so I want to hear a little bit about like when you first started and everything. What was that like? Um, Broken Prayers, I think was your first yeah. song. Yeah, girl. Back in 2018. Ooh. Such a good song. Thank you. Yeah, it was back in 2018, which is so wild. I'm 23 now and was 18 then. So it's like I've I've been in it for a minute now. It's so funny. It's like the only way I really know how to honestly and authentically look at it is just I've grown up doing it. My whole journey into adulthood, I still don't feel like an adult, but. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) I know. I know. I get it. Um, But my whole journey into adulthood has been through creating music Mm -hmm. and. I've changed so much between 18 and 23, Mm -hmm. and I think the music reflects that, especially this new album. But getting started was such a beautiful experience. I mean, I would walk into the studio with my school clothes on and write about whatever the Lord was teaching me at the time. And it's, it's always been that way. Just a more mature version now, I would hope. That's awesome. If you could go back and give yourself some advice, like when you first started, what is something that you would say? Oh, man. <laughs> I I would say as an overarching lesson, comparison kills all creativity. And uh, what is meant for you mm-hmm. can't be taken from you. That's so good. I was actually like 
when I, before this interview, I was thinking about comparison and I was like, I feel like this would be a really good topic to chat about with you. Yeah. I mean, everybody's feeling, I, my sister's 21 and we're super close. And I mean, even talking about it from my mom to my sister, to my brother, to every, my friends, I feel like it's the thing in the room that nobody wants to talk about because it's yeah. uncomfortable and vulnerable, but especially in the culture we live in with social media, it's so easy to compare. Yeah, absolutely. Where we live in a world where it's very much on the internet. <laughs> yeah, girl, it's out there. It's all out there. It's, and you're getting a small glimpse into people's realities. And yeah, I think that especially in the Christian community, it can be really tough to see that and try to be happy for people and try to not tear yourself down and you know, all the good stuff. But again, I think it all comes back to identity yep. and believing that what the Lord has for you, he has for you. Mm -hmm. When it comes to like grounding yourself, centering yourself, is there like a scripture that you go back to every time? Man, there are a couple. I mean, John 10, 10 has been a big one throughout mm -hmm. my life of the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, but you come yep. to give life in abundance. And I think that in moments where I'm low, yeah. it reminds me that if the promise of the Lord is to give abundance mm -hmm. and joy in abundance, uh, then he will fulfill the promise. So good. Yeah. That's so true. I also saw that you're going on tour this fall with Zach Williams. Yeah, girl. Are you excited? I'm so excited. I've been a fan of Zach for a long time and I love his music. I love his live show. He has a great show. Mm -hmm. And so when my team called and presented this I was like you're kidding me I'm so I'm so excited it's gonna be blast that sounds like so much fun is there a specific area that you're so excited to go and perform I'm, I'm so excited to hit all of them truthfully because every show is different I think the thing I'm most excited about on this tour is I'll be playing all the songs off the new record so that's so awesome yeah it'll be so much it'll be a bunch of material that's very new so it'll yeah. be exciting refreshing and everybody gets to hear all of your new music yeah, I'm excited <laughs> and speaking of your music is there a specific song that you're like this song means so much to me and you think of that every time you perform oh fighting for me is definitely a special one I've just heard so many stories that are attached to that song and I think that's what makes it so special it's just watching people either singing along or finding themselves in the story. It's surreal. I, I can't believe that that is reality. Um, but I'm grateful for how the Lord has used that song. Yeah. So that's a special one. It's like an anthem for strength. <laughs> yeah. You know, I definitely wrote it at a time when I was needing some strength. And if people like yourself find that in it, that's, that's really inspiring to me. I always feel inspired whenever I'm listening to your music. Yay, so I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you so and much. Thank you so much for hanging out with me as well. Of course. This is so much fun. So that was my conversation with Riley Clemens. And I love all that she had to share about comparison, identity, and knowing that what is meant for you can't be taken from you. So everything that I'm about to share with you to encourage you about comparison is very scripture heavy because comparison is a big problem that we face and there is no medicine greater for it than what the word from God says. Nothing that I have to say about it can amount to what Jesus has to say about it. So let's do this. Okay, Matthew 20 
verse 1 through 16 is a great parable about comparison. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon and then again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? And they replied, because no one hired us. So then the landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. And that evening, he told the four men to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed that they would receive more, but they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour and yet you paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. And he answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. And there's a lot that can be taken from that passage, but I think this next verse sums it up pretty well. James 3, verse 15 through 16 says, For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Isn't that mind-blowing? Let me just say it again for the people in the back. Wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. And then Ecclesiastes 4 verse 4 says, Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. And then this is what our solution is. Galatians 6 verse 4 says, Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. And then Romans 12 verse 21 says, Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And then we need to understand this. 1 Timothy 6 verse 6 through 8 says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. So this is what we know. Jealousy and selfish ambition 
is where you find disorder and evil of every kind. So it must be fought against at all costs. And the way that we do this is with our sword of truth, God's word, by drawing near to Jesus and following his lifestyle so that we can be at peace and so that we can be content with what the Lord is doing, so that we can be full of gratitude and praise no matter what we're facing. And in order to do this successfully, we have to take up our own cross and deny ourselves, accepting that we aren't going to be trendy and please the world, but instead we are going to follow Jesus. Galatians 1 verse 10 says, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that it has encouraged and empowered you. Also, make sure to go give Riley Clemens music a listen. It was so much fun chatting with her. I would also super appreciate it if you rated this podcast and make sure to follow so that you can be up to date for whenever a new episode drops. Have an awesome rest of your week and I'll chat with you again next Monday. And just remember, when you focus on the good and when you focus on God, the good gets better. 